TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning to you. Welcome to Super Play Wild Card Weekend. Not just Wild Card Weekend. It is Super Wild Card Weekend. <laughs> Good Sunday morning to you. It is... January 15th, just a little after 10 o'clock. Dave Schwartz along with Pete Nigeria and Charlie Weiss. Glad to be with you on this Sunday morning as we get ready for the Vikings and the Giants today. It is a 3 o'clock game, so you got plenty of time to get your chores done. you got plenty of time to make your food, uh, your chicken wings, your chili. Oh, it's such good chili weather. Uh, I would just house some chili today. Um Man, it would just be so good. Vikings and the Giants today at 3 o'clock. Pete, I have this week probably, I'm going to say, five to six different times changed what I thought was going to happen in this game. Uh, Everything from 41 donut to the Vikings winning by three touchdowns. It's just when I look at this game, to me, this is one of the hardest games of the first round to pick because mm-hmm. the fact that this team at, at somehow they have managed to make it to the playoffs and still have a question mark as to whether we actually know if this team is good or not. And, <laughs> and I think today we're going to find it out. And what I kept going back to over and over and over again through all of this, that Kirk Cousins is having a great year, Justin Jefferson. Uh, there's so many great stories on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. If defense wins championships – how can this team win one game in the postseason? They they go into the postseason with being uh, I, this may be a first ever to be a team that has as many wins as they have and have a negative point differential in the season. Mm-hmm. I, I found a great infographic today. I, I, I love these because sometimes it just makes it so much easier to look at things. When you look at point differential by game, and this is what this is why to me it's such a wild card. And and listen to this. They beat Green Bay by 16, they lose to Philly by 17. Detroit, New Orleans, Chicago, Miami, Arizona, Washington, Buffalo, all within the one touchdown range. Then they lose to Dallas by 37. They beat New England, they beat the Jets. They lose to Detroit by 11. Then they beat Indy and Giants by just a field goal. Then they get pounded by Green Bay by 24, and beat Mm -hmm. a Chicago team that, as we talked about, was slightly above a junior varsity team at high school, (laughs) and they only beat them by 16. I cannot sit here and tell you that I can wrap my head around what really might happen in this game today. (laughs) I I think what you just stated makes 
total sense to me. It's exactly the way it should be viewed because the reality is, and we've talked about it all year, Dave, I mean, the reality is the defense has been absolutely awful throughout the entire season, and it's been a matter of if the offense stumbles at all, that's when we have our problems, right? And it's, yep. it's, been, it's been where the defense is always bending and breaking to some degree, but it, it's just a matter of the timing of that, quite honestly. And so, you know, it, it really does come down to what, what do we really look like on offense? And I think the biggest concern I have going into this game is Ryan O'Neal, he's out. You know, we, we got Schlotman, another backup, but nonetheless, he's played a lot this year because of other injuries. He's out. Harrison Smith, he's questionable. Danzler, questionable. So we're missing some people on both sides of the ball, but I'm, I'm concerned for the offensive line. Um, I, I love having Bradbury back, and I think at least from the start, if we can keep those five guys, can keep Kirk upright, um, I think we can actually still win the game. Just because when I look at this team, the Giants, and everybody, you know, it, it, it's almost like everybody's like, well, you know, we're the only team in football that's got a terrible defense, which is not true. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> there are a lot of bad defenses out there, and I think that we can exploit some of those defenses with our offense, and it's, it's just a matter of can we get some of those big plays? Part of the reason we won that game before was the block punt, and, and you know, we had all of these other things going on. We had Hawkinson had a great game. He had his, That was his best game he's ever had as a pro. He had 13 catches and, and a couple of touchdowns. So there's a lot to be said for our offensive side and, and how we do things. And, and, you know, the combination of Dalvin Cook and J.J. and, and all of our receivers that we've got, and you throw in the tight ends, I think offensively we'll do fine. Um, we didn't play as well in the first round. As a matter of fact, here, here's the interesting thing. They threw all over us in that, in yeah. that game where, before. And will they do it again? They might, but I think at least we're going to take a different approach on the defensive side of things. And yep. I'm not saying they're going to change the scheme. Uh, we are a 3-4 team now, which I'm not happy about. And you and I have talked about this. But, <laughs> you know, We've got two great defensive ends that we suddenly moved to play linebacker and, and, and we just aren't getting after the quarterback, you know, the way we need to. So I think that maybe we'll see a little bit different, at least a tweak to the defense to get more pressure on the quarterback because Daniel Jones, he's athletic. He can run the football very, very well. He's their second leading rusher. That's the reason why we've got to be very, very careful on defense. But I think we're going to get after the quarterback today. And I think we're going to surprise a lot of people. I think the defense will play a little bit better. I'm hoping so, but I, but it's not just hope. I think that after they've looked at the film, they can play better on defense now against the Giants. You make a great, great point about this offensive line because it is, I mean, it is bad, Pete. You know mm-hmm. it is, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you were a linebacker. You could probably jump in tomorrow, I think, and, and get some <laughs> meaningful reps uh, better than some of the guys that are on it. The last four weeks, five weeks of the season, Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. has been sacked seven, eight, nine times for, mm-hmm. yeah, if I'm doing that math right. I, I, I just, it, since they've had those issues, mm-hmm. he has been running for his life. And, and mm-hmm. that's a problem. You're right. That's a huge problem. And I, and I think uh, that's, you're right, that's what I go back to. I go back to this idea that how, you know, we, we always talk about, and once again, here's the narrative that we've, we've talked about all season. Kirk Cousins can never do enough for the fan base and the media. And, and I'm in the media, right? We're in the media. But it doesn't matter what he does. He can never – what's the narrative today? Oh, this is the game. Kirk Cousins got to show us what he's got. What else can he show you? I mean, my goodness, this guy's had a phenomenal season. Has him statistically 
It is not mm-hmm. his best season in the history of the world, but mm-hmm. he's got over 4,500 yards passing this season, <laughs> 29 touchdowns already. Mm-hmm. And by the way, uh, the highest sack rate, sack total he's had in his career. He is having a great season, but once again, the narrative comes back to Ken Kirk Cousins do it for the Vikings. You know what? Maybe someone else should step up. Maybe, maybe the Vikings <laughs> offensive line should maybe give him some time. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm with you, and it, it drives me crazy that and, and we all know that I'm I'm the Kirk, in the Kirk Cousins fan club, right? As I, I think that he has turned a corner this year in the way that he's mastered this offense, in the way that he has, um, and his sheer volume has gone up of passing. That's mm-hmm. that's for sure. Uh, but I just I think. Kevin O'Connell has given him the reins, and and for the first time that I've watched Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, he looks like a guy who controls the offense. He looks mm-hmm. like, and I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady, but in his control of the way he runs things, it's Tom Brady-esque. It's Brett Favre-esque. Mm-hmm. It's Aaron Rodgers-esque. He is making decisions. He's not waiting for the calls. He's the one that's, that's saying, okay, we're going to go do this, this, and this, and this is how it's going to work. So all of these things together, uh, this recipe, uh, all it gives me is anxiety and a little bit of heartburn because I can't predict what's going on in the game today. So help us out if you're listening. Uh, are you able to predict the Vikings game today? Why or why not? You can always call or text us on the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line, 651-461-9226. Uh, we will talk about this with Chip Scoggins coming up in our 11 a.m. hour. He will join us the Star Tribune columnist. He's, we're going to talk a little Vikings with him. Really interesting article that I'm, I'm excited to talk to him about, Pete, is looking at this Ooh. roster and what it's going to look like next year because there's Ooh. clearly going to be some changes. But first they got to get past the Giants today. That's number one. That's 3 o'clock. We will revisit this again a few more times this show, I'm sure. Give us your calls. Give us your texts. Let us know. Can you predict this game today? Yeah, We're literally asking you to – I'm asking you to do my job. Just tell me. <laughs> How do you predict the game today? We'll talk more about it uh, as we go along here uh, this hour and uh, 11 o'clock. We we are with you till noon today. You are listening to The Huddle on 830 WCCO. Welcome back to The Huddle. Dave Schwartz, Pete Najarian, Charlie Weiss. Let's turn our uh, gaze here to the twins in this uh, next this next few minutes, Carlos Correa is a Minnesota twin. Meg Ryan writes for the Twins for the Star Tribune and joins us this morning on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Meg, good morning to you. Great to have you on. Uh, Carlos Correa was a twin, then he wasn't a twin, then he was a giant, a met, a giant, and then he was a twin again. Uh, what a crazy and wild week for you, but for also for him to follow all this. I mean, this had to be insane. Have you ever experienced anything like this? No, I think we were all kind of chatting. The beat writers were at his introductory press conference for the Twins of being like, is this, maybe even asked Eric probably like, has anyone heard of anything like this <laughs> in baseball? And like, you know, there's been crazy trades and there's been kind of drawn out sagas like that, but definitely nothing where it's been like with this team and then not with this team and with another team and not with the team and, yeah, so this was kind of unique, I think, in baseball, but also in any sport. Uh, yeah. This was this was pretty crazy. And Meg, it, it has to be that the the Twins just felt more comfortable than the than the rest that were pursuing him, right? I mean, it, the, the concerns over health issues and everything else that 
just sort of stretched things out a little bit, and the, the Twins were very comfortable about it, From obviously, from what the, the money is that they're willing to give them right now. But is, was that the entirety of it, or was there something else behind the scenes that we don't know about? Um, no, I mean, I think that was that was pretty much it. I mean, they were more comfortable, I think, than the Mets and the Giants for a couple of reasons. Like, the main one being they have experience with Carlos, right? So yeah. they played a season with him, their doctor – their team doctor, Dr. Camp, knows him and has worked with him before. Um, I think even he, like, in the Giants deal, uh, the the Giants were like, I think they, Scott Boris kind of asked Carlos's agent if Dr. Camp could talk to the Giants and be like, hey, like, I've looked at his ankle and it looks like, you know, decent. Um, you know, maybe not the best, but okay. Um, and so... You know, there there was some comfortable comfortability. That's an athlete word for real. Um, there was definitely some some comfort there uh, with that. And I think they also, you know, in addition just to his health, they've seen his work ethic and his preparation and how he goes about taking care of his body. Um, and that is a big thing too when you're looking at how sustainable is this ankle or how how what the what is the longevity of this athlete? If you look at okay, what is their work ethic? How much do they actually take care of their body? They've seen that, and Carlos is very good at that. Um, so I think there was definitely some comfort there. Um, but I also think that you know there was there was just a significant amount of luck there <laughs> with the Twins too, um, and the fact that you know their offer was not big enough when they when it, this whole first thing started. Obviously, they got beat out by the Giants and the Mets. Um, but, you know, they were able to restructure this contract and do some kind of interesting things where there's these four years that could be a thing, you know, at the end to make it a 10-year contract, but it all depends on his health. Um, and so they really kind of lucked into it. I think even Derek Falvey has said that, president of baseball operations, that this was a very fortunate, quote-unquote, situation. So it worked out, but it was definitely a, an interesting way. Meg Ryan from the Star Tribune joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline with also, by the way, possibly the funniest Twitter handle, the other Meg Ryan. I love that you just invite that in. That's great. Um, It's really what was really interesting to me about this situation and looking at it and reading it is that the Mets and the Giants both chose the same doctor, first of all, uh, to examine Carlos. So one, he already had the experience and already had the issues when he went to the other team. But why now? Why has this come up now? Because he's been in the league for years, and I know when he was with Houston, it was a series of, of one-year contracts. Is it simply because the contract that he wanted was so long that teams just had to do more work to see <clears throat> excuse me, if he was really where they needed to be? Or, or is this just it was hidden and all of a sudden it came out? Yeah, I think that it is more – I don't think like they were trying to hide something, and I certainly think from – Carlos's perspective. I don't think he was going into this free agency going, oh, let's try to pull one over on everyone and hide <laughs> that, like, I don't actually have a right ankle. I've been playing with a hologram this whole time. Like, no, that was not <laughs> what they were trying to do. It's just that, depending on the length of their contract, the physical is more intense or not. So, like, when the Twins signed him on a three-year deal, you know, they look at things and they, you know, but it's kind of like they're not going to scan his whole body and be really intense about it. Yeah. It's like, you know, he's especially with that contract, he might only have been there for a year. So it's kind of like, oh, whatever. Um, But when you do a 10-year thing, that's a lot of money. And so if you bum out in like the third year, that's a big problem um, when it comes to, you know, if there's no salary cap, but it just comes to like all of of what you can do with the rest of your team, how much money you can spend. And so what they do is they typically will look at areas where you've had previous injuries. And so like 
Um, if you've had Tommy John before, they're going to look at your arm. Carlos has had that injury, so they looked at that right ankle pretty extensively. And then whatever, like, you know, their team doctors are who they consult, and then they consult some kind of outside orthopedic expert who is this other doctor that's both the Mets and the Giants reference. And that was the doctor who kind of said, like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't really do this. Yeah. Um, and that doctor, like, this is what Scott Boris says, which – I don't take it with a grain of salt, I guess. But what he says is that that this doctor, you know, has never really met Carlos in person. This is kind of like an outside expert. He hasn't worked with him, hasn't really seen how the ankle, like, moves in real time. This was kind of like a guy that you just, like, kind of get a secondary opinion on. Um, So that was the the concern. But, um, yeah, I don't think it was something they were trying to hide. Mm -hmm. I think it's just Mm -hmm. when you look at areas that have had problems before you can have people that say oh, yeah, it might be okay and then you can have people that say this is this could you know degenerate in a couple of years so that was it maggie brought up the the signing of of not just carlos but uh, what does this do to the rest of the twins organization should we be looking for for more or is the splash all done and now uh this is the team we've got well, that's the that's kind of the funny thing about this Carlos Correa signing is the big joke is that he's signing obviously as a shortstop and you know a player, but he's also assistant general manager. That's like his honorary honorary title. Uh, Carlos is very big on the like he loves to to talk about everything baseball, whether it's all the sports like side of it and on the field and strategy but he also likes to talk about the front office stuff and you know here's a guy that i think we should be signing or here's a guy to look out for you know here's i can move to third base and jose miranda could maybe you know whatever like you know he thinks of all those kinds of things um so i think that there are moves that could happen i think carlos correa probably wants stuff to happen i think twins fans probably would like another pitcher because lord knows that can never be enough uh, especially <laughs> on the minnesota twins uh, so I, I think that there could be moves. There's, you know, a month or so left until spring training starts. And then, you know, lit last minute deals can always happen too. Um, but I don't know. I kind of got the impression from Derek Falvey, like at the end of the season, like somebody had asked him point Blake, like, what do you, do you need to sign another starting pitcher? And he kind of was like, I don't know. I feel like our rotations are pretty good. Like if everybody comes back and like is, sustainably healthy for the rest of the season. You've got like Sonny Gray, who's kind of an ace. You've got Kent Maeda, who can be an ace. You've got Joe Ryan, who's maybe an ace in the making. Tyler Molly, who we didn't really get a great look at last year with his injuries, but he hypothetically can do a good job. And then you've got Bailey Ober, hopefully coming back from injury. So if all those people can like stay healthy, that's not a terrible starting rotation. Um, you don't have like a Justin Verlander, but I mean, it'll, it'll, Bill serve you well. Um, so could there be another move? I think it's possible. Um, but I, you know, I, I wouldn't expect like a, another huge name. Let's just put it that way. Meg Ryan with just what twins fans want to hear. Not a terrible rotation going into the season. Meg, thanks so much for joining us. Great to have you on. I hope we can do it again sometime. Thanks, thanks Meg. Thanks so much, guys. Oh, gosh, I love that. There we go. I mean, if that doesn't get you excited for the season. (laughs) Spring training's here before you know it. Hey, well, we might have some more moves, too, uh, coming up here in the next month. We'll step aside, take a quick break. The huddle returns after this. I'm always going to let that song play out. Beastie Boys is always going to play out. Welcome back to the huddle. 
Real quick on the uh, on the uh, cities one plumbing talking text line got a text about some people not excited about the Correa signing. Twins spending a bunch of money to sign a player to have the same mediocre team they had last year. Until they start to spend money on pitching, they are going nowhere. This is a very popular refrain every year. I, I have a maybe this person sent the exact same text same text five years ago. It's certainly possible. Anyway, time for the fast break, and here's Charlie. Well, uh, yes, here I am. We'll have a we'll have a fancy new open next week. I'm excited. Yeah, for we're that. I'm very excited. Gonna <laughs> totally retool the segment. I can but, make one for you right now. If I'm... <laughs> yeah, Charlie. I want some you know shotgun noises and some explosions. <laughs> and, yeah, I want the whole nine yards in here. All right, uh, who are we starting with this week, man? I don't even know. Uh, we'll start with uh, Dave. We'll go to Pete. I'll oh, defer Pete? to Pete this week. Okay, Let's we'll Pete go, go first. Uh, oh, you don't want to go first? Okay, I'll go first. Oh, man. All right, Dave. Uh, Dave, I want to. I want to make note. I uh, I started writing this uh, at halftime of the Jaguars game. Wow. So uh, you know, take that uh, as it is. Trevor Lawrence had four interceptions in the first half of that Jaguars playoff game against the Chargers uh, last night, and then of course, as we know, he ended up having a pretty good second half. Jaguars came all the way back, third biggest comeback. Mm-hmm. So you know, ignore that for now, and we're. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to plow ahead with the question anyway. What's the worst? Playoff performance. They- Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. You can remember out of an athlete. Doesn't have to be football. Could be absolutely Ooh. any sport. Is there is there oh. something that sticks out in your mind as a horrible playoff performance? Which oh man, luckily for um, Trevor Lawrence, he avoided it. He did <laughs> avoid it. I I will. Um, <laughs> this is great. There's there's. Oh, I'm trying to think of the Vikings probably. So I'm going to go back five years just because I've been thinking a lot about the, the miracle this week, the Minnesota miracle, mm-hmm. Minneapolis miracle, whatever you want to call it. I'll say uh, the offense in general and, and because Case Keenum was at the helm of it, uh, Case Keenum and the offense's performance against Philly the following week in the NFC oh. championship game. That was hideous. <laughs> Pete, you got anything fun? I, what bumped bumped out to me there when you were when you said Case Keenum? How about that Joe Webb game in Green Bay? Oh man, oh. <laughs> I do remember that. That's a great one. 
I was yeah. at that game. Whew, he was bad. Fortunately, I I missed it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It, it's so much easier, isn't it, to remember the, the big games that, that people just absolutely outperform versus the, the non-performance. But I will, I will tell you guys this, as you probably know, and everybody's been talking about it, but this actually does extend Trevor Lawrence for his uh, consecutive games won on Saturdays. So that was pretty amazing. 7-0. Uh, <laughs> he was very good. Yeah. I'm very happy that, uh, you know, the bad performances aren't remembered from all of us underperformers out there. That <laughs> makes me feel better about all of my underperformances over the years. Pete, we'll go to you here for question number two. It's officially the end of the season. 20 teams in the NFL are done playing for the season. Of those teams, five of them currently, it might be six after the Chargers game, but five of them have head coach mm-hmm. openings. That's the Carolina Panthers, the Houston Texans, Arizona Cardinals, Indianapolis Colts, and the Denver Broncos. Some of the bigger mm-hmm. names attached to those jobs. you got Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh is in, uh, being talked about for a couple of them. Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, not the Gophers basketball head coach, different Ben Johnson. Uh, former mm-hmm. Saints head coach Sean Payton might be looking to get back into it. And uh, every year you hear the uh, name Eric Bieniemy of the Chiefs, the offensive coordinator, has been talked about for a lot of jobs. Give me mm-hmm. your best coach and team match for the teams that need a head coach. Oh, good question. You know what? I love that question. And uh, my brother and I on the Rebels Edge actually had this exact discussion the other day. I think it was on Thursday. Um, and, and so it, I'm going to go with the same one because nothing has changed my mind. But it would be – so Sean Payton is a guy that everybody seems to want. Shoot, they're even talking about maybe firing the Dallas coach at some point potentially and trying to get Sean Payton to come there as well. So uh, he's a guy in demand. I like, I like him to fit in really, really well in Arizona. And the reason I say that is Kyler Murray, shorter quarterback. Drew Brees was a shorter quarterback. Those, co- those coaches understand what it means to be under six feet and, and trying to throw the football. And I think that there's only a few pieces left for Arizona to actually put that team together again. Uh, they've been dismantled. They were pretty bad this past year, but if they can, if they can trade around a little bit with that very high draft pick they've got and pick up a, co- a couple of offensive linemen along with Sean Payton to be the coach, I think they could be a playoff team next year. So that's, that's, that's the group I'd put together right there. Um. I'll say the same team because I like Arizona. I think that's Pete. I think you'll agree with we agree on that one. That that in, in terms of attractive job openings, when you got a guy like Kyler Murray sitting there, um, mm-hmm. that's a great one. I, I've been on this bandwagon for a long time. I I want to see Eric Bieniemy get in, get a head coaching job. I, for the life of me, I can't figure out why he hasn't until this point. But um, in, in seeing what he has done with Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not going to compare Kyler Murray to Patrick Mahomes, but what he can do with quarterbacks and what he's done with, with a quarterback um, who is mobile, who can improvise. And I see those two things, those two qualities in Kyler Murray. I'd love to see Eric Bieniemy get his first shot in Arizona. Cool. All right. Two good answers, both same team. Let's move on here. Back to you, Dave. The Minnesota Wild won last night, and they've won 11 of 16 right now, putting them solidly in third position in the Central Division. And they got a couple games in hand on the two teams ahead of them. I believe that's Winnipeg and St. Louis. St. Louis, it is St. Louis, who are uh, down a couple guys but still playing well. Uh, What would you define a successful season for the Wild this year? What does that mean for this team? Is that simply making the playoffs? Is that getting a playoff win? And then what would be a disappointment? 
Well, I, I think they have to get out of the first round this year. It, it, it's just it's that simple. Um, they should have gotten out of the first round last year, but but it, it was a performance, and they'll. I think everybody on the roster would say that it was not uh, the team's best performance. But they have to move past round one, and and maybe even round two. Um, this team is listen. It it they're hampered, right? They have this salary cap heck for the next couple of years because of the buyouts of Suter and Parisi. But it they are they are at this point. Um, living true to what the mantra was this year, which is veterans have to play well like veterans, and you got to get some guys, younger guys, to step up uh, and fill those gaps. And when you look at what Sam Steele has done, it, pardon the pun, but Sam Steele has been a steal when they pulled him over from Anaheim. Uh, he's a number one center. He's played – he's having a phenomenal year. Uh, you've seen guys like Connor Dewar and Mason Shaw step up. Philip Gustafson, holy cow – this guy has been so good, uh, certainly better than Cam Talbot was last year. And really all he was supposed to do was just fill the gaps for when Fleury could be there. Guess what? His save percentage is one of the best in the league right now, Philip Gustafson. And he's on a contract. You know, he, he's going to be, I think, up for a contract uh, after this year as well. So I, I think they have to at least get through the first round, maybe to the second, um, and, and then build up from there. And then in the next few years, I think this team is a contender for a Stanley Cup once they can start spending some more money after they get out of that, that cap trouble from the Parisian suitor buyouts. I totally agree with you, Dave. I, when I look at it, and, and everybody always talks about playoffs, every, every team, every fan always wants to see how far they can go. But the, the Wild have to go further. They're, they're a better team than that. And, and I think when you've got guys like Kaprizov, and you just mentioned Gustafson and Fleury in, the, in goaltending, They've got the pieces to be there. They've got to get past it. It's a must thing, I think, for the for the Wild yep. to do this this year. And I think they've got to go a little bit further than that. I think they've got to go two. I think they've got to get that first, you know, round out of the way. They got to get one more, and then you know what? Uh, it, it's always just a matter of how does the puck start to move around for you then yep. after that. But we've got a lot of those pieces. Uh, the fans are hungry for it. They deserve it because they've been very very patient. Uh, and it, you know, think about this. We're Minnesota. We are we are the land of hockey. We should have a few Stanley Cups sitting somewhere in the state of Minnesota. So yep. I think at some point that's going to happen. I really do. And I think that they're moving there rapidly. But I think those those goaltenders, um, I think that is the, the game changer for us right now. I think that's that's what puts us into a position to maybe win a few rounds of the playoffs. All right, Pete, moving across into Minneapolis and the Target Center. Not to be outdone, the Minnesota Timberwolves won 6 of 7 all of a sudden despite a tough loss to the Detroit Pistons, the bad, horrible, no-good Detroit Pistons. But they've beaten a couple good teams here, the Phoenix Suns, and they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers last night without Gobert for most of the game. No cat, uh, a very impressive win for a young team. All of a sudden, they're sixth in the West, tied for sixth, but sixth in the West. Mm-hmm. What's your confidence level on this team finally maybe making the playoffs, maybe maybe missing that play-in round? Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty confident. I, I like what I see. I think Anthony Edwards is the superstar that, uh, that nobody talks about enough in the NBA. I think the guy's absolutely amazing. I mean, he dropped 31 the other night against Phoenix. He's always a guy who seems to be able to do his end of the bargain and then it's up to the rest of the guys. Nas Reed stepped in the other night with 17 points. I, I like what the Timberwolves are doing right now. Rudy, I think, is finally starting to gel with the guys. And you just mentioned they've won six, I think, of the last seven. 
we've got a bench as well. So I think that the Timberwolves are in a great position right now. I think Chris Finch, we, we talked about how long would it take for Rudy Gobert to be a part of this team to really start to gel. And we talked about, well, probably through Dece- December. Well, here we are in January. It needs to happen. I think it is starting to happen. He unfortunately did get that injury yesterday or the day before, but that's, that's something that, you know, we'll see how that works through. But I think we've got more depth than a lot of people probably think from, from the bench. So because of that, I think this team has a, a really good opportunity in front of them. We're, and you just mentioned it, but we're in front of the Lakers. We're in front of Phoenix. We're in front of Golden State. All these great teams. And right now, the Timberwolves are ahead of all those teams. Mm-hmm. So I, I love what we see right now out of the Timberwolves. And Pete's modest, by the way, because you've been predicting that the gelling was going to come, right? I mean, you have. I was off the bench. Like, it's not it. happening. Forget it. Sell everybody. Pete has said, stay patient. It's going to happen. He's right. You're right, Pete. I'll, I'll toot the horn for you. You were right. Always the optimist. Right. Yep. Thank you. All right, Pete, I've got, I've got one last uh, bonus question for you here. I just saw it pop up, and I thought, ah, why not? Trevor Lawrence, obviously great. Fun game last night. And I guess I don't know if I want to say great. He had four interceptions. But – Still yeah. <laughs> a fun game for him. He came back in the second half. Post game, after uh, late night post game, he was spotted at the local Waffle House in Jacksonville. Where are you celebrating yes. post game, Pete? If you uh, win a game like Trevor Lawrence just did, I'm calling up Trevor and having him meet me there, and I'm going to get scattered, smothered, and covered at, at the Waffle House. I love that he's a guy who likes the Waffle House too. I've been a Waffle House fan since I've started with the Buccaneers back in 1988, and I still go there either Saturday or Sunday, every single weekend. But after a game, why not? I mean, it's it's the place to go. I mean, it's right out of Tin Cup. I, I love everything about what Trevor <laughs> Lawrence is. It's just great. It, I love it. Uh, Dave, you got a special place? Uh, I'm going to Pete's house. Did you there see you the picture he tweeted this yeah, morning? Yeah. I mean, I the uh, waves crashing, the, the sun <laughs> rising. I'm looking at snow uh, up to my knees. Um <laughs> And something tells me, Pete, I don't know, I feel like you're probably a, a, a very good cook either of, of, like, barbecue or you're a good griller. I'm a phenomenal griller. Yes. I do a lot on the barbecue, and you guys yep. are always welcome. I think we got to do the show down here, and uh, we probably have Charlie with with a little bit of video as well. We do it out on the deck, and I think we do just <laughs> fine. <laughs> It'd be great. <laughs> that sounds good. We'll celebrate at Pete's house uh, next time. That's That's where I'm going, Pete. I love it. I love it. All right, we'll step aside. Take a quick break. We'll finish up hour number one here of the huddle on 830 WCCO. Welcome back to the huddle. Finishing up the first hour of the show here. Uh, Pete, we've talked about Trevor Lawrence's performance yesterday. He, he was unbelievable in the second half, but mm-hmm. I'm going to, yeah. uh, you get the last uh, couple minutes here because I want to know. Uh, I watched Brock Purdy's game yesterday and, and listen, he's got Christian McCaffrey. He's got Debo Samuel. You know, he's got, he's got lots of targets. How in the mm-hmm. world? Did so many teams not see this guy that he got drafted as Mr. Irrelevant because he looks like a player? Yeah. It, it, it can be amazing, isn't it, how players can be passed up. And some guys, because here's the biggest gripe that I've had for a long, long time is how many guys shoot up onto these, these draft boards because of what they've done at the Combine. I've oh, always I hate thought, that. You know, I do too because, yep. you know, it, it's one thing these guys say, well, he's got this great vertical, he's got this, he's got that. It's like, yeah, but what did he do on the field before this? What, what, what do you see on film about this guy? I mean, I don't mind the idea of, okay, let's just see what the agility looks like and this and that, but how does a guy who, for instance, doesn't catch passes in college, suddenly he's one of the top receivers in the draft because 
he ran a 4-2-40. I mean, you know, there's, there's obviously got to be reasons behind it. And what I think happened to a guy like Purdy is they just looked at him and does he have an impressive arm? Not really. Does he have great size? Not really. You know, and so he kind of moved his way down. And before you know it, obviously he goes further and further. Heck, the guy could have easily been a free agent. So um, it is amazing. But it's amazing how many guys do start off as free agents in the NFL or later round draft picks, and all of a sudden they become superstars and someday in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. and, and that type of thing. Because, unfortunately, I think more and more general managers, and I think we're seeing it especially because of all the statistics these days, but they're not looking at the football player any longer, and this has been going on for quite a while, but they're literally looking at the numbers. and. The numbers don't always tell you the full story. I mean, there, right. are, there are guys out there that uh, – and you see it in every sport, by the way. It's not just the NFL. Yep. We, see, we see it in a lot of other sports as well. But specifically in the NFL, it's amazing how guys do move up on the draft boards because of what they do at the combine and all that. And, you know, it's kind of a joke. I mean, it really is to me. I see all these the, – the general managers and the coaches are all there, and that all of a sudden they start swooning over this guy because he's done yep. something magical out there and – and the reality is, a guy like this, I, I, I love what Brock Purdy's doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, there is no statistical category for clutch. Uh, he certainly right. has it and has played well. All right, we will take a break. Coming back, Chip Scoggins joins us at the top of the next hour. We'll talk Vikings and Giants. You're listening to The Huddle on A3OWCCO. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 